0: I'm Jordan Ferguson
1: and I'm Katie McKinnon
0: and you are listening to the geek down podcast. Back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. Friends, my name is Jordan Ferguson. I'm in Toronto, Ontario, and joining me on The Other Line, lounging at the satellite branch in Scenic Hamilton, Ontario. It is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. I
1: <laughs> am <laughs> my own little dance party this morning.
0: Well now I gotta find that drop. Friends, this is episode 199. 199- mmm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So saying,
0: I went to look up a one we read. It's 199 M, so I just want to call it 199. M. Mm.
1: Mm. I think that's no. I think that's appropriate.
0: Episode 199 M. All of our episodes are episode 199 until such time as we can properly commemorate episode 200, which may be never.
1: Depending on what the government does and whether they open the borders and Listen, Christmas.
0: Christmas. Kate and I can be in a room together. At the yeah. same time, like, let, let's cross that bridge first. Then we'll talk about episode 200. When Kate and I can actually record this in the presence of each other, then we'll we'll start start considering episode 200. But if you want to listen to any of our other episode 199s or any of our other 199 episodes, just head on over wherever you get your audio content. Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, man, wherever. Look up Geekdown Podcast. You'll find us. You'll hit us. we will be there. It'll It'll be, be,
1: we'll, just, we'll be hanging. We'll be lounging.
0: Chilling. Just waiting. We're, we're like operators at a local telephone. We're just waiting for your call. And when you call, <laughs> <laughs> with your pledge of $0 a month, <laughs> you, you ain't going to get no tote bag. You know what you're going to get? New episodes of The Geek Down delivered straight to your device by your mans. Chauncey the
1: Third, Geek Down Internet Elf.
0: Oh, girl. He's just going to slam those episodes straight into your device each and every but week. But he
1: gets them out of his tote bag. So, it's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> My god, is that the first piece of merch? We always talk about merch. Is that, it's the Geek down tote bag. I love a good tote, Kate.
1: Hey, if you get one of the ones like the pocket for like your change or your library card, those ones are like the top echelon of tote bags.
0: Oh, I gotta find that one I got free that came in like Cop- with copies of monocle a couple years ago. I don't know where that bag went. I need to find it again. Oh,
1: my God. That may- one makes you look so pretentious. It's amazing. It's
0: amazing. I love that bag. Now I'm a backpack kid like the rest of y'all. Um, <laughs> the rest of y'all. <laughs> Divorcee kids shuttling between your parents on the weekends. <laughs>
1: That would be me. That Thank you. Be,
0: okay, friends, I definitely had a moment where I was like, I was running errands and I had my backpack and I was like shoving shit into it. And my backpack was ballooning to a size that had heretofore not ever been. Like just de- comedic dimensions. And I said out loud on the street, this is reaching Kate level proportions. Because she rolls in here with a whiskey barrel size backpack strapped strapped to her person and then slams it on my bed when she walks in.
1: Know what you're going to need. You learned that as a kid of divorced parents.
0: Break a leg and off my not bed frame. Buy one day. You,
1: they're not going to buy you a second one to keep at both houses. No, no. So you have to bring your whole life with you. <laughs> what if I get trapped in a train? What if so you, so what you, if you do? Facts and water and entertainment, How extra socks.
0: How will you moisturize? <laughs> You're trapped. Exactly. You're trapped in a drain. Uh, friends, if you have tips for what to keep in your backpack, you can let us know via social medias, primarily Twitter, Get at GeekdownPod. That is where mostly we hang out, although there is Facebook, though we barely pay attention to it. Um, I totally forgot to promote last week's show on Facebook for like two days. That's how important it is to me. <laughs> but Kate took care of it.
1: I took care of it, though I also did not notice the, there was nothing in <laughs> there.
0: I'm sure, Jacqueline, Jacqueline, and Kaim would have noticed.
1: Yeah, they we're like guys. Hello,
0: friends. If you would like to support this show financially, don't. Serbs are running Keep out. Your money. Serbs are running out. You don't know what your job looks like. We don't know if we'll have to lock down again. Y'all like to run around like life is normal. We just wear masks now, and you can do whatever you want. Like, I don't think it's remained in the forefront of y'all's consciousness that all we did was flatten the curve. Like, all it means is there's a hospital bed for you now. Right. Like, that's that's where we're at. So, don't be surprised if shit goes tits up in November and save your money.
1: And also, get the fuck away from me.
0: <laughs> to be succinct. You can yes. wait
1: to get your oranges, Doug.
0: <laughs> D- Doug is the male character. That's pretty good, actually. That's pretty well, good. Well, Doug is the male
1: mean... in in Hamilton. He, like, begrudgingly wears a mask. He, probably his nose is showing.
0: Oh, wait, definitely.
1: He's just impatient about everything. Also, there are a lot of young ladies as well. I'm talking my age, a little bit younger, a little bit older, that are super impatient. <laughs> Where are you going? Yoga's not going on. Well, Anyways, get away from me. Wait your turn. Stop just being like, "Oh, I'm just gonna reach over you to grab some apples." <laughs> they're they're gala apples. Nobody cares. God,
0: the one apple subject Kate and I can agree on. Nobody cares about gala apples.
1: Yeah. Nobody cares about gala apples. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, and I mean, a major Canadian retailer. We have a uh, Starbucks in the place. Yeah. So, people make their mobile orders and think they're just going to saunter right in and pick it up. And if we are at capacity because we are you know, enforcing maximum amount of customers based on square footage and how you can maintain social distancing in the store, math don't change. I don't care if you made your order. You can't go in and pick it up.
1: But there's a second Starbucks in the mall you work in, isn't there?
0: There are like three other Starbucks in the mall I work in. <laughs> there are ample places to get your Starbucks order other than the one on the second floor of my employer. Be that as it may, the shit ain't normal. Save your money. Cool the fuck out. You ain't gotta be, you still ain't gotta be eating out. You still ain't gotta be going to the club. I mean, yes, I go to record stores occasionally, but like Kate, it's record store day to day. You know where I'm going? The fuck nowhere.
1: Wow. That's a good one.
0: For two reasons one pandemic i guess it's yeah. three reasons one pandemic two nothing i really want they basically took the mm-hmm. uh took the bulk of releases like this shit this shit was ready to rock in april back when record store day was supposed to be right. but now they have chosen to just spread it out to the last saturday in august september and october um so every one of those will have a you know batch of the this year's releases um the one thing i might have cared about isn't coming out till october anyway and also right. like, I think this is just to like mitigate the insanity, perhaps like hopefully, you know, all the, I, I didn't notice to see if they had put any real trends into this, but like maybe like this year, like, or this month is all like, you know, the fucking shitty Bowie reissues and Bob Dylan shit and, you know, old people shit. So maybe all the old farts can go out this month and get that. But when like, you know, Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib drops in, uh, in October, <laughs> I can be out there to get that. But to a larger point, Kate, my switch flipped. Oh, no. We are just in the off position. We had a moment. I haven't told Kate this story, yet. <laughs> Look forward to my second video on all the records I bought during quarantine, because we're up to as many as I bought the first time. Um, Damn, son. A thing happened. I mean, I'll go into detail. I don't want to make the video, but email. a thing happened. I woke up. I checked Discogs. I looked at how much it was going to be to get these records from the homies in Hong Kong, and I went, that's a lot of money. And I hit purchase, and I felt the switch flip.
1: Oh, my God, it's happened.
0: We are in the off position for 2020. I mean, Am I saying I'm never going to pick up, I'm not going to pick up like a $5 something I see in a dusty bin somewhere, or that I'm not going to go to record stores? No, I'm not saying any of that, but I mean, as far as like, you know, ordering off of Discogs and, you know, major purchases, no, we good.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: I have a switch. It just takes a lot longer to flip than most people. If the switch is in the on position, it's it is on.
1: But Oh yeah, no, I know.
0: <laughs> Kate Kate has seen that. But now it just it really feels like it's in the off position. I had that moment where I was like, wow, that's gonna be a lot of money. Boop. <laughs> Purchase. We good. The soundtracks, the Bebop and FLCL soundtracks, will show up in November. Post office permitting, the existence of the post office permitting, um, yeah. And then next well, our thing.
1: post office is going to be fine.
0: Yeah, but it's coming from the states. Um, and then oh yeah, you may be fucked. And then it'll, yeah, I may I may have to email them. <laughs> you switch to DHL? Well, DHL is going to charge me duty. And then it'll be December, and I'll be like you know thinking about Christmas presents. So oh, I might not be going home this year.
1: <laughs> yeah, Windsor's Uh, Pretty, like, their numbers are pretty high,
0: always. Winds are still a little odd. I don't know if, uh, you know, my 70-plus parents want me to uh, be hanging around the house anyway. And also, work is going to be wild. And, you know, they may not. Yeah. They may be less uh, forthcoming with giving me the time off. They usually would because, you know, we used to have a thing where people from other locations of MCR could come in and, you know, work shifts as needed you know like we need more people tonight so we just put the word out and people from other stores would come in well COVID none of that's happening we are limited to who we got in house that's it so not a lot of not a lot of coverage opportunity there you know so yeah. I always used to complain I always had to miss the Cosmos Records Boxing Day sale because I was never in town but <laughs> this may be the year
1: coronavirus Ooh. Hey, looking on the bright side, right, Drew? Always
0: am. Can't wait for that, uh, can't wait for going to sleep at 3 p.m. on Christmas Day, because I can't bear to be conscious during it, alone in my apartment in Toronto, but, well, that's as good a segue as any to get into talking about this garbage fire of a week, which was already not great, what with the shooting of Jacob Blake, followed by the non-arrest of, I don't even remember his name. I don't care to know his name. But the white boy bootlicker who uh, murdered two protesters in Kenosha. All of that was bad enough. And then I'm at work last night and get the Google News alert that actor Chadwick Bozeman had passed away at the age of 43 after battling colon cancer pretty much in private for the last four years. I don't think a lot of people yeah. publicly knew he was sick even. Um. Which makes all you assholes online talking about how skinny he looked at, like, a Denzel tribute. It's not a good look for y'all. No. Maybe just a, maybe just another reminder that sometimes it's better to just shut the fuck up.
1: Oh, do we have a drop for that? We I,
0: should. I, I, I've found a few. Shut the fuck up! I can...
1: It should be a doo just like, shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> well, now I've got that one. But... <laughs> So this is, I don't know if Kate knew before I told her, before I
1: kicked in her
0: her Facebook last night, but uh, her reply was pretty much what it is. That is incredibly sad.
1: It was. Both both senior correspondent and I were absolutely gutted. Just great actor. Um, Had like a really great. Career in his future was having a great career. Was I yeah, was just, in it. I always feel so sad for the family, um, because you know it's hard enough losing someone, and then you're also losing them in the the media as well. Mm. And it just it doesn't, you know. I like the term that um, life grows around grief, right? It doesn't go away. You don't know, stop being sad. Life just has this tendency to grow around it. But with the, like, the media and they, you know, every year they'll bring up someone dying. Every time there's a Marvel thing, it'll come up. Like, just that reopening of wounds over and over. So that's got to be incredibly hard to deal with.
0: Well, I mean, I was thinking of this last night. Like, whenever Prince and Bowie died in the same year or very close to each other, and it was like, wow, that's like the fucking one-two punch of the year. But, like... I cannot begin to fathom what it is like for black folks in a year like this where they are just constantly already just experiencing shared trauma on a daily basis, already going through Mm -hmm. the Kenosha stuff. And then in 2020, you have lost Kobe and T'Challa in the same year. Like that's, I can't even fathom what that hurt is like. Um, Yeah. To lose two icons like that. And he was an icon. I mean, I was thinking of this, too. Like, you know, you talk about something like Heath Ledger's Joker, there's something to compare against. You know, there were other on-screen versions of that character. Um, You know, Heath Ledger definitely made his own version of it. But, you know, the character was out there and people were familiar with it. Like, Chadwick Boseman made T'Challa. Yep. He was the Black Panther. That's not an understatement. Like... Like, there's a reason, you know, you, you make jokes about how, you know, they made jokes at the time saying he was, like, bored of throwing up the symbol the or whatever. Dude might have just been tired from cancer treatment. But, like, he was that. There's a reason they, uh, they always threw up, you know, the arms crossed Wakanda forever at him. Like,
1: yeah.
0: he was their king as far as, like, if you were a Marvel U fan, like, Bozeman was the guy. And, you know... Not for nothing, as Mister Milash and I said this morning when we were talking about it. Like, it, dude was literally our age.
1: Yeah. Like that. You well, know, it's. I mean, it's always so devastating when someone young dies, because you can't you you can't help think about obviously the family they have, the life that they had been leading, and then of course that loss of future, right? Mm-hmm. Which is so sad. Um. So yeah. Unbelievable,
0: unbelievably sad. So, yeah, just incredibly sad. And I really still, I mean, as we're recording, this was like 12 hours ago. It was, you know, confirmed that he had passed. So I'm still processing it. And, you know, I was already having a moment that day because it was uh, also its the same day Satoshi Khan died. Um and it's been 10 years since Satoshi Khan died. So I was already kind of like, you know, melancholic for that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then I was like, Oh, Chadwick Bozeman passed. I mean, for, for y'all, for, you know, us and, but mostly y'all, he's T'Challa. To me, he was James Brown. Like do play James Brown and crushed it. Like
1: he also played Jackie Robinson, and crushed
0: it and Thurgood Marshall and crushed it. Like he crushed everything. I don't think there was a bad role that dude did. Um, and yeah, the one thing I have not seen him in is the the Five Bloods, the Spike Lee movie, um which I heard was pretty good, but I mean, you know, you know me, I'm not going to rush out to see a movie, but I will probably rush out to see that one because yeah, he was he was just a crazy compelling actor. And I mean, you hear the stories now about, you know, him going to cancer wards to cheer up kids while he was battling it himself and nobody knew. Like yeah that's the type of dude he was and all love and sympathies and empathies to his family and those who loved him and knew him personally. Cause that's, that's a real rough one.
1: Yeah. Really
0: terrible. <sighs> Awkward segue. <sighs>
1: Awkward segue.
0: Is there anything else that's worth mentioning? DC had its giant fandom event, which was happening as we were recording last week.
1: Um, I mean, no, I sort of, the only thing being that, as we predicted many, many months ago, New Mutants is a trash fire. <laughs>
0: Apparently, so all I all I saw was uh, Maisie Williams retweet a review that said, it's the worst X-Men movie. <laughs> and her response was like, sounds great, buy your tickets now. <laughs> oh,
1: anyway. Maisie um, Williams.
0: I just, uh, I just, time. I just gotta say, I just gotta say, like, I saw people who fancy themselves as film types, like, upset when it, like, seemed like New Mutants wasn't going to get a theatrical release or it was going to get delayed longer. Like, they they were pressed about New Mutants not coming out when it was supposed to, and I'm like, you are just showing your whole ass right now. If that's what you're pressed about.
1: but this is very important for poor Bob McCloud.
0: Who's who's Bob McCloud?
1: He is the co-creator of New New Mutants. (laughs) And they spelt his name wrong in the credits. Oh of the movie. my! <laughs> so Bob Bob McCloud wrote. I think it was a Twitter post about basically how initially he was really excited when they approached about making a new mutants movie. He's like, "Cool, the characters I created or helped create are going to be in a movie. That's awesome." And then he found out things like they they whitewashed a bunch of the characters, um, specifically Sunspot. Um, and he was like, Well that isn't cool. Uh, he's very frustrated about that. Um, and he's like in turning it into a horror film, he's like, That's really not the vibe of the characters or of the comics. Like, really they shouldn't be introduced that way, but still, you know, that's how movies are and it's still cool, my characters. Are going to be on screen and then seeing it, just being so disappointed. And then he's like, and on top of everything, they credited some guy name and Bob McLeod's name is spelled his last name is M C capital L E O D, and they credited Bob M A C small small L E O D, um, and he's like, that is not me. Like they couldn't even take the time, and he's like, and that will be like that forever. There's no fixing that. Um, So, yeah, trash, fire. And then there's just, like, all these articles about, like, how making the movie was a mess. And there was all this drama behind the scenes. And uh, the studio and the director, like, argued all the time about the movie. And it was really just a piece for the director to stroke his own ego. And, yeah, not good So I'll probably
0: take a pass on that one. Similarly. How's this for a segue? All you Snyder cut fucks. What do you think is going to happen when this comes out? So I'm just
1: going to find out how bad it
0: is. Something bad made longer. It's twice as long. It's something bad. That's now twice as long. How could that be bad? Uh, People don't know. People might not know about this. So when the Justice League movie was being made by Zack Snyder, he had some. Personal family stuff at the time. He had to leave. Joss Whedon was brought in, by as sort of a ringer director to finish it off, and apparently it was terrible, according to the actor who played Cyborg, um, who at the time yeah. was like, "It was great." And now you're a couple years later, it's like, "Yeah, that was that was garbage." Um, that's developing, but the whole time, the whole time, there has been a segment of fucking nerds who probably, when they're not hanging out with people, complaining about Kelly Marie Tran, are. <laughs> amazing. Complaining about where the Snyder cut is. Release the Snyder cut. The fucking Kraken of garbage in slow motion to, like, overcome the culture. They've been screaming for this. And then, you know, HBO Max needs content. So they're like, okay. Release it, I guess. So now a four-hour version of the Justice League movie will be coming out in 2021, I think. Um, The trailer was released at DC Fandom, and I... Apparently people are excited, but again, I don't know how you could be if you take something bad and make more of it.
1: Um, the, my only question is, is there an intermission? <laughs> because you can do, do you have a long come, ass movie if you want, Do you have to, come but back you have, for to have, it. have an intermission so that I can go pee and get more snacks.
0: This is like, so friends, I'm now showing my whole ass here. Um, the Asians in my life brought spam to me. As like not a joke for poor people a while ago, like an actual like ingredient to use in your life. Um, yeah, and now I love it. My dad loves spam. Yeah, spam's yeah. great. Um, but you know, sometimes in an effort to be you know health conscious, sometimes it's like spam is actually technically better than bacon if you're gonna like have a breakfast meat. But yes, <laughs> um, I was in the I was in the tinned meat aisle and I saw the halal version, which is called Zawan. Um, and it's made with turkey instead of pork. And six of one, half dozen of the other, how bad it is for you. But basically, here's what I'm saying. Zwan is also available in, like, a giant 40-ouncer can. <laughs> oh. Like, the family size can of Zwan. This is what you're all excited about. The cinematic 40-ouncer can of processed luncheon meat. Like, sure, maybe a little bit of it was fun in your eggs. Add a little little sodium into your eggs. That's good. You don't want to gorge in one sitting on the family-sized tube of ground meat.
1: No, you do not.
0: You do not. That's what you're asking for, and that's what you're excited about. Snyder has proven he is good at making a trailer and okay to bad at making movies.
1: Okay to bad. I mean, that's pretty good, right?
0: I mean... He's had some movies that were fine. I mean, Watchmen is fine. It's a slavish devotion to the source material, and if the source material is great, you will make an okay movie if you don't fear from it that much, unless you don't have the budget to make a squid. <laughs> so you find a workaround there. Um, I saw Man of Steel, and despite the gratuitous whale appearance that I did not ask for, if you're wondering where this Venom Doris Zack Snyder came from. Uh. Fucking Clark Kent having his flashback off the exploded oil rig. And when he wakes up, uh. there goes goes. <laughs> Motherfucking goddamn fuck. fucking whales. But I mean, that movie was fine until Superman just straight up murked General Zod. And even my you know ner- inner nerd was like, that seems incorrect. Sh- also,
1: Superman doesn't kill boring. people.
0: It, I mean, it was, and again, it was three hours long. And I, I thought, did I actually have a headache in that movie? Like,
1: It was boring. It was super boring. That's the problem. It was unbelievably boring. And superhero movies can be and should be a lot of things, right? Um, I know that they can be very repetitive with themes and all that jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, we talk about it all the time. But one thing they should never be is boring.
0: (laughs) Available now on demand.
1: (laughs) And yeah, that's basically all the news. That's all I want to talk about because everything else is a trash fire. Though I did get to, I I watched and read all the things this week.
0: Well, we'll get to that in one moment because I do have to say the other two moments out of DC Fandom. um, Which were notable were on the video game side. Two items. If you want to tell me you're going to do an Arkham City-style game that Batman isn't in, and instead you have Nightwing, Red Hood, Batgirl, and Robin. Like, it's the Bat Family game, and it's called Gotham Knights, and they're fighting the Court of Owls. Like, my penis can only get so erect. Like, you need to calm down. You just need to calm down.
1: Very vivid. (laughs) Very vivid. vivid.
0: (laughs) It's an Archer line. It's from Archer. Um, (laughs) Stop! My penis can only get so erect. Also... So this game is not done by Rocksteady, which is the team that originally did all the Arkham games. It's done by... There was, like, a kind of a quickie cash-in when Rocksteady was working on the games called Arkham Origins, which was done by another studio. It's that studio doing this one, and the I did not play Arkham Origins, because at the time it seemed like a quick cash-in. But, I mean, from what I heard was, like, the system and, like, the, the game mechanics that Rocksteady came up with were, like, so good that, like, it's at, it's pizza at that point. If you have bad pizza, it's still pizza. Like... You know, it's still still cheese and tomato sauce. It's still going to taste at least a little good. Um, So hopefully they've learned some things since then. Rocksteady themselves, despite weathering, uh, you know, criticisms that they fostered a cultural harassment. (laughs) Who hasn't? Um, (laughs) They were dealing with that uh, the past couple weeks. They also released the trailer to their Suicide Squad game, which is uh, coming out. Is their follow-up to the Arkham games apparently set in the Arkham universe, and it had Bombs Over Baghdad by Outcast in the trailer. And I'm not saying if you put Bombs Over Baghdad in your trailer, I'm going to buy your game, but it don't fucking hurt. Like,
1: yeah. no, it's a that's a that's a good. It's so funny because we just I made a car list like a couple weeks ago for trips for car mm. trips, and oh yeah, Bombs Over Baghdad <laughs> is on that list.
0: Like if you uh, watching Harley Quinn smack monsters. With you know a baseball bat as palms over bag dad plays is not a bad, not a bad way to spend four minutes. Um, so who knows when those will be coming out or what system they'll be on? Maybe they'll be a key deciding factor in uh you know Jordan's PS5 hem and ha, twenty twenty two through twenty five. So how do you want to do this? Because I'm sure regarding updates, we both have one thing the same, and we'll probably want to devote some time to it. So yeah, do everything but that now. Yep, and then I'll do everything okay. but that, and then we'll loop back around.
1: Okay, so this week was like the week of documentaries. I don't know why. (laughs) I just, I guess I felt like I should watch something educational, kind of, Um, you know, like education, but with like a sugar coating on it. (laughs) Um, So there's a new documentary on Netflix called Unwell, all about the like alternative – wellness industry Mm -hmm. um the first one is on um oils and i thought it was just going to be like this total tear down of uh that industry but they were weirdly good about being even um showing that oils can help in situations but that the whole like corporate oil industry um uh pyramid scheme thing especially in the United States how awful and insidious it is um and how there are some people out there claiming that like oil can cure cancer and it can- and like they have no proof of that mm. there've been no trials done that that is the case but what they have shown is that oils can you know help with um pain and anxiety and uh you know soreness um as someone who's been suffering from crazy bad migraine-like headaches for the last two weeks, Um, I can tell you I smell like a peppermint patty um, because I do find that peppermint helps. It doesn't take the headache away completely, but it definitely can help take the edge off. So it was actually really good. Um, I haven't seen any of the others yet, but there's one about like there's some sort of bee sting cure that... I'm just like, no, <laughs> please tell me that's not true, but it is. So, yeah. Uh, and then there's one on um, a type of yoga. Um, so, yeah. So, that's up on Netflix if you're interested. Um, so, I don't know. Do you know who Ruben is, the artist?
0: Oh, Ruben's like like esque Yes. Paints Chubby Ladies? Yeah. I mean, um, that that's I, the extent of my knowledge on him, but yeah. Oh,
1: okay. So, I, I – I know the term Rubenesque. I've seen some of his paintings Um, and I ended up, uh, we stumbled across this documentary about Ruben. That was totally crazy fascinating. Um, Just about like the time he lived in and uh, a lot of people in the 19th century just like totally came down on Ruben and his ladies who are larger than life um, and just totally lovely um, it's just really nice seeing a fat roll in a painting, you know, you just, you're like, awesome. Um, yeah, so that was really, really good. Um, I'm going to post that link or whatever I got it from. I can't remember if it was like YouTube or on Netflix or in my search for documentaries. So I will find it and and uh, put up on Facebook and give to Jordan to put on the Twitter I'm actually making a note, so I actually wanted to do
0: it. I was gonna say you know, I mean, like, as I'm writing down, remind Kate to yeah. <laughs> remind remind Kate that you made a promise on the show.
1: Um and then uh senior correspondent and I finished watching the documentary series on the making of the Mandalorian, um, which was stupid fascinating, um so interesting, so cool. It's lovely to see people who are invested truly invested in like the storytelling of a beloved universe. Um, talk about it and talk about like what things were important to them and all that, all that jazz. That was great. And that is on the Disney channel. Um, and of course, Oh, sorry. also Nadia's time to eat. Um, Nadia was a winner of like the first British bake off. One of them Um Just adorable woman from the UK, um, and she's just – she has the best facial expressions. Anyway, so she's got a bunch of cooking shows or has had the chance to have them, and they've put this one up on Netflix. It's fantastic. She makes stuff that's really quick um, and does not skimp on, like, butter or sugar or anything. So I'm like, yeah, put that in my mouth. Um, Clean drop. And then finally (laughs) – sorry?
0: Clean drop. Great. Put that in my mouth. Um.
1: (laughs) Finally, as far as documentaries go, yeah. Um. I remember watching it many, many years ago. Um. But it's uh, reappeared on Netflix. Ancient Aliens. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. It is so much worse than I remember, and yes, also amazing. (laughs) So that was good. Um. Then just regular television, Uh, continue watching Lower Decks, continues to be great. Tried to watch uh, Conan 2011 um, with Jason Momoa. Oh. Not great. Big (laughs) fan of the original Conan, not a big fan of this one. Watched more Decadence. Oh, you did? I did. Um, I only got most of the way. (laughs) Before
0: or after I screamed at you to keep watching (laughs) it.
1: Uh, after I was like, okay, okay, I think I got through part of episode six, so you know, four or five, six, yeah, I think I think that's where I got to. Uh, so we'll talk about that, I guess. Um, and uh, besides the thing that we we're going to talk about, um, I also read the uh, graphic novel uh, Once in Future, which is the um, Kieran Gillen's, and Dan Mora, Mora's uh, comic book about King Arthur sort of, like, re-erected re- re- – resurrected, sorry. There you go. <laughs> resurrected. <laughs> resurrected. Um I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna read the synopsis from Boom Studios. Um, when a group of nationalists use an ancient artifact to bring a villain from Arthurian myths back from the dead to gain power, ex-monster hunter Bridget McGuire escapes her retirement home and pulls her unsuspecting grandson Duncan, a museum curator, into a world of magic and mysticism to defeat a legendary threat. Um, obviously, the name uh, Once in Future is. Um, me like is connected to Once and Future King, which is the T.H. White book about Arthur, which was based off of The Mal by Sir Thomas Mallory. I know way too much about this. Anyways, it was a very, very fun read. Um, the visuals were fantastic. Um, I told senior correspondent um, who I actually bought this graphic novel for, I could hear the graphic novel, which I can like it's like with saga like i can hear saga Mm. in my head um it was the same thing i could it was just it's it's fun and not too in depth it's it's very like buffy the vampire slayer um and there's a little like suspension of disbelief as part of like how characters get dragged into things but it was a lot of fun and again um really beautifully drawn and colored and everything So anyways, that was my week.
0: Uh, I had a much chiller week overall. We have a lot of overlap this week, actually. Um, Still having my my little half-hour batches of Fall Guys every night. Um, I made it to final three on one round.
1: Oh, my God. And for
0: a brief moment, I believed (laughs) anything was possible. And then I got smacked by a foam baton and fell in the slime. Um right. What right at you? right at the right at the moment, I believed. I was like, Oh my god, there's three of us. Oh my god. Fuck I might actually do <laughs> Cool. That's
1: like or not.
0: So as suspected, yes, um Fall Guys will be running on a season model and they previewed Gamescon is happening right now. Gamescom, Gamescon, I don't know. One of these one of these it's like the uh nerdier E three, I think. It's the less uh it's the less flamboyant E three. Um and they have previewed a little bit of what season two is going to bring. And I thought it was just going to be like costumes and shit. No, it looks like they're just like whatever, even the games you were playing are thrown out. It's going to be like, you know, new batches of games as well. And they're going with a real, like, you know, medieval theme. The costumes are all like wizards and knights and shit for your little jelly bean. Um, and the motif of the, uh, of the games, it might be the same game, but the motif is now like castles and like, you know, the maps changed a little bit, things like that. Um, so, I mean, that, that'll that be interesting. I'm hitting the point now where it takes a little longer to, like, level up. I'm in, like, the mid-range. I think you can max out at, like, level 40 maybe, and I'm at just below level 20. So, I mean, it, if I'm getting knocked out every second round, like, I average about two to three, and if I'm lucky, I make it to the last round. But, I mean, at that rate, it's we're going from, like, half an hour to rank up to, like, 45 minutes to an hour to rank up, and that's getting, that gets to be a harder hand, because it is repetitive. Like, Yeah the, uh, the mix-up of, you know, the servers, like, you're, you're always going to, like, 90% of the time it starts with this whirly gig game, like, every time, and then it usually follows up with the DoorDash game, like, it's, if you're doing the same shit over and over again, it does get pretty repetitive, especially if you suck and you get knocked out every second round, <laughs> um, as I do. Uh, Kate. Yeah? I also watch Lower Decks.
1: Oh my god, what?
0: Is that so surprising?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I know you're a fan of TNG, um, but I thought it might be just too silly for you.
0: It's pretty silly, and I'm not going to lie. As I tried to think about what I liked from the show, because I do remember enjoying it, but it's real hard to summon any specific examples, because it kind of just, like, went down like Doritos and then was gone. (laughs) I'm trying to think of what I enjoyed. Um, And I can only remember one plot detail. Oh, no, it was the one where they were taking the Klingon to they were supposed to escort the Klingon and he got drunk, advantaged yeah. and they were trying to like yeah. find him. And then the other one, but I can't remember if this was the B plot where the, where the dude who uh, is always crawling around the Jeffrey's tubes, tries other things. Cause
1: yeah, that's,
0: that's the B plot. This is the B plot. <laughs> the two things I remember from the same episode. I only watched the first two. Um, it's fun. I'm not going to lie. It's very well done. And, but like you said, if you take, if you're very serious, if you're very SRS about your star Trek, you will hate this, but um, I do. I do enjoy the, uh, the petulance of our, uh, of our main character. <laughs> yes.
1: um, uh, and I just, <laughs> so I when she, petulance. when she
0: sliced, when she sliced the dude's thigh with, with a batleth in the first episode, I was like, yeah, Kate, Kate was all in on this at that moment.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I enjoy her petulance and I enjoy his like craze, like needing to follow the rules, mm-hmm. like to a point where you're like, you should, You need to calm down, but um, yeah, no, I really like that. I like how they make fun of the, you know, the officers. Um, Yeah, my favorite characters are um, the uh, science officer and the ops guy. Hmm. Um, I I like the relationship, and I like that they're both on the same page as far as like he loves like doing stupid mundane. Jeff, um, and they're just, like, both on the same page with that.
0: Gazing longingly uh, at Jeffrey's tubes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. And, and I just did... like her, even from the first episode where they're like, how was your day? She was like, I got to hold a heart. <laughs> like so psyched. Um, and what also I love is that they are building in elements of, um, like, original series stuff, um, and sort of offhanded comments in TNG, you know, Voyager, Deep Space Nine, of types of uh, worlds and species and, um, like, even rooms that you have to, like, uh, that you're seeing for the first time. Oh, my God. Sorry. How the other Lower Decks people live, like, just all of that, I... I'm, I really appreciate that part of it.
0: The fake Ferengi.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. So, human. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> he might be. He's not a Ferengi. What are you talking about? No, not Ferengi. Come, come, human. <laughs> so, yeah, friends, we have never really gone into, like, the plot of Lower Decks, but it's basically, like, you have four main characters. One is your very by-the-book prime directive type. One is the, like, for a version of Star Trek, like, completely off-the-rails, like, Flaunt all the rules, which I mean, never happens in Star Trek. That's kind of like the whole yeah. point of Star Trek. Um, and then, yeah, you're like very mechanical nerdy type guy who loves engineering. <laughs> it's like, you can go anywhere in the world. The warp core. <laughs> Just loves the warp core and a newly arrived, uh, science officer who was working with, I'm sorry. Has the cat species ever, is that Canon? Where, where have yeah. they been?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, let me just cause okay, so I the,
0: the head doctor is like watched, a Khajiit. Uh
1: yeah. I watched a original series cartoon. I think I brought it up. Oh uh, a yes, you, ago. yes you have. Yeah. And uh, there were cats in that. Um I mean if it's canon, you don't,
0: <laughs> I don't need to send you on a deep dive through the dark web to find out.
1: They're cal- they're called Cations.
0: Sure. She's a Cation.
1: It's like my name. Kate Shins.
0: <laughs> and yeah, just the
1: Oh my god. Their homeworld is called Kate. <laughs> Spelt my way.
0: My way. <laughs> well there you go. Yeah. You learn something new about Star Trek lore every episode of the Geek Down. Um, yeah, so it's usually just playing off the um, differing philosophies of the two the two leads. As shenanigans ensue, definitely enjoy the obvious use anyone would do of the holodeck, <laughs> where Mariner has, like, you know, summoned, <laughs> computer, load, mail, locker room, <laughs> and then turns to the science officer and is like, you might want to take a step back. I just love that. I just love that joke. Anyway, yes, it's uh, it's for, for a half hour hang if you know anything about Star Trek and can find the humor in it. It's definitely, they're doing a good job with that. Um, so I was knee deep in the thing I gave Kate, uh, this, this week and late on Thursday, I guess I was like, well, I should probably watch a little more decadence for the, for the show. And I watched everything available. <laughs> they're up to, wow. you're up to episode six, but I mean, on the free tier, like they're only up to episode seven, like episode eight just dropped. And that's only, that's, okay. that's subscriber only. So, I mean, you ain't that like far. Cause I
1: got through. I got through half an episode uh, of when he is in the prison.
0: (laughs) Spoilers, but yes. Um, And I was going to say, that's, Kate brings up a good point. We had talked last week, if you listen to that segment, about the, I'll try to keep it somewhat spoiler free, but I mean, the two differing art styles at play in this show. And if it's a tough hang for you when it switches, I mean, you get episodes that are just in that world later on. Am on this like prison world and that's if you didn't like it it might be a tougher hang for you to like live in it for you know 25 minutes but i still think this show is just doing amazing things um especially so you saw that battle then if he was in the prison planet you saw that. no battle.
1: i just i literally that it was right before that that i had to stop oh
0: because there's basically like the way they are working, the game motif, and you realize how deep the game is going, and what they are doing, and how like some things aren't meant to be won because they're mm-hmm. culling tankers, because <laughs> um, they are the system is meant to manage humanity, and if humanity's getting they decided humanity's getting a little thick for the resources they have, Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> go fight gadol alpha and you know him knowing what he knows and he's like spoiler for kate even perhaps but he there's a point where he's just about to just lay it all out to her like it's subtitles as this world is man and then something happens and he either stops himself or or they get distracted by something but he's ready to and by the time you get to like where i'm at he's like i will smash this entire thing <laughs> I will bring the whole system Which is, down.
1: Which uh, what we need right now. We need stuff that's like, I will smash this entire system.
0: Boy, do we. Definitely, definitely a show of the moment. Yeah. So I was like, frankly, kind of enjoying, I mean, we'll talk about the thing I gave Kate in the second half, but it's like, I have, I have developed quibbles with the thing I gave Kate, but we can talk about that later on. But then I got to decadence and was like, this is the best, one of the best things I've seen this year. Like, I cannot say enough good things about that show. Um... Continuing to read Coin Locker Babies, nothing much to say about it other than I've made it farther mm-hmm. than I ever have made it before in that book, so I guess I guess we're doing okay. I made the analogy last week that he is the uh, Ryu Murakami is basically kind of like Japan's Chuck Palahniuk, and when there are stories about housekeepers asking the characters if they've found weird eggs in the toilets because they think uh, Filipino prostitutes are shoving frogs at their vaginas, it's like, yes, that was I was correct.
1: Okay. And that,
0: that comparison.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> it's like, yep, that's sometimes you just think of stuff and you just write it down. Like it, the more I read, the more I realize that like I have just too strong a filter of like what I would think about you know, if you fancy yourself a writer and any typing cable yell at me for even using that phrasing, You are a writer. Um like when you look at that blinking cursor or the blank page, it's like what do I even put down here? What's worthy? What thoughts of my feeble brain are worthy for this page? And some motherfuckers just frogs in the vagina. They
1: don't care. Cool.
0: They just do whatever. I need to learn to be more like that. Yep. Um, and I believe that is going to bring us to uh, the marquee event, which probably would have been something. I mean, we probably should have done it. For, was it even out for Watcherama? Could we have done it for Watcherama? I don't even, We may have just skirted the edge of Watcherama. Um, we would yeah. not have had enough episodes. That's what it was. If we wanted to give it the rule of three, we would not have had three episodes to watch. Although it probably would have felt like nine episodes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And that is Lovecraft Country, which Kate and I have both watched. We've both seen both episodes. Two episodes are out right now. Uh, Is it only two? I thought it was three. (laughs) It might feel like it, but last I checked, it was only two. Um, Oh,
1: yeah. Only two.
0: (laughs) This is the HBO Sunday night marquee show of the moment uh, based on a novel by, what's his name? Matt Ruff? Something like
1: that? Um, yeah. So, it is Matt Ruff, and it was picked up um, to do stuff with uh, by J.J. Abrams, and um, I'm going to say, kind of, MVP Jordan Peele? Well, I mean,
0: I don't know all the inside stories about the production of this show, but from what I gather from listening to Chris and Andy, like, the pilot, which is episode one, was done in 2018. Like that's how long,
1: what
0: this process has been going on with this show, and I don't know why that is or what the hiccups were, but like Andy said, he was working on his show, Briar Patch, at the same time they were doing the pilot. At the same time as Lovecraft Crunchy, Briar Patch has finished the season, aired, and been canceled. <laughs> the amount of time it took uh, Lovecraft Country to hit the air, but. It's been a long time coming. I don't know. It was originally, like Kate said, a J.J. Abrams bad robot thing. I don't know when Jordan Peele came into it. Maybe that's what pushed things along was his, his investment. Um, but yeah, this is a show that combines HB Lovecraft lore, Lovecraftian lore with, um, the experience of, uh, black people in Jim Crow America and yep. is, Really good in some ways, and really weird in other ways. Um, <laughs> Kate, yeah, how do you feel about the pacing of this show?
1: Um, this the pacing of this show. I'm going to tell you right now, it is a Lovecraft novel. It has these weird, like, ups and downs, and moments where it's very like internal and terrifying and like you said weird and almost hokey and like it just it's very it feels very Lovecraftian you think that it's been three episodes and it's only been two (laughs) like that is very Lovecraftian um so our basic
0: like the basic plot is just dude Atticus has a Korean War vet comes gets a letter from his father saying either Either to come, does the letter say to come find him? This is also not a show. I yeah. took advantage that this, I took for granted that the show was in English. So I tried to multitask and I don't know that you can do that with this show. Um, you know, you can't, can't really be flipping on your phone. You can't be doing the dishes while this, while this show is on. Cause a million things yeah. will happen um, while you're like in the bathroom. For whatever reason, he is trying to locate his father who has gone missing, who he has a complicated relationship with and him and his uncle And in one of those weird pacing moments, we never really know why Letty's in the car with them. It's kind of alluded to, but, like, when we saw Letty before that, she was talking to her sister about getting a job in the city. And now she's just driving halfway across the country with them, and I don't really know why. But, hey, get her in the car. Like, yeah, she got to get in the car. We
1: don't mind that Journey Smollett is in the car.
0: Journey Smollett can get in whatever car she likes. Journey Smollett, I was not aware of you before this, and I apologize I will write you a notarized letter apologizing for my lack of awareness for your existence. My God. (laughs) Anyway. Um... In the first five minutes of this show, you know if you're in or not, there's this dream sequence that has fucking Cthulhu and Martian princesses and War of the Worlds and Jackie Robinson smacking Cthulhu in the face with a baseball bat while, like, what song is playing? I don't remember what song is playing, but, like, fireworks are going off. It's like like, the budget was on that scene, and if you watch that and you're not like, holy fuck, the show probably ain't for you. But I was like, holy fuck, and... Again, yeah, my thoughts are, I haven't, like, really organized my thoughts about the show, aside from the fact that, you know, I like it, and it's done two seasons worth of television in two episodes. Um, Yep. Because basically they find his dad, he's in some weird Order of the Dawn type, or he's been kidnapped by some weird sort of Order of the Dawn type cult that want to, like, you know, divine the spell for immortality and open the door to Eden or some shit, and Atticus is a direct descendant from... The founder of the cult because, you know... So
1: they're going to sacrifice him? He was,
0: he was very kind to his slaves. Yeah. <laughs> he, Blah. Was,
1: Blah.
0: he was known for being very kind to his slaves. So that's why Atticus, a black man, is the, you know, last blood descendant of this lily white cult founder. Um, but then by the end of that episode, by the end of episode two, uh, the, you know, the guy you think is the big bad has turned to ash. The entire, uh, you know the manner has crumbled in on itself, fore- foretold, mm-hmm. <laughs> foretold in a previous conversation that that's what happened the last time they tried this. And now um, you're down one Courtney B Vance and up one Michael K Williams, so I mean, I don't know how that math works out in the black actor scale, but
1: <laughs> I'm I hope they find some way to bring him back cuz I don't want him to be gone.
0: I don't really have my thoughts organized so aside to say that like it's good. And it acknowledges Matt Ruff is a white guy. The guy who wrote this book, this original book, he's a white guy. And, you know, it ain't that hard. And I I don't want to put all the shine on a white guy because I'm sure, like, you know, Octavia Butler and Samuel Delaney and people like that were already, you know, well aware of this fact. But, I mean, you know, to recognize keenly now, but, I mean, Matt Ruff wrote this book a a few years ago, many years ago, I think, to recognize that America's existential horror – had already been in existence for, like, you know, 400 years. Like, that that was already at play. So, Uncle George is brought in, and the reason why they're kind of on the road trip is because Uncle George works as, he works on a guidebook for black travelers, which is a real thing. It It was the green book, you know, the book that would tell black folks what, Spots were safe in Jim Crow America. Yes, and what to stay away from. And honestly, like in the first episode, you have, you know, multi eyed devil dog things like attacking a sheriff and our main characters. That scene, despite being gory and, you know, shot like a horror movie, is less tense than the 25 mile an hour car chase out of the sundown county. that was... Get what I'm saying? Like oh, that was that was not
1: good. When they're
0: in the when they're in the diner. Or, or when they're in the diner or when they're having that talk with the cop, like a, just a cop showing up is scarier. Yeah. And the show, I mean, and granted, the show is run and directed by not directed, but it's show-run and most of the episodes I think are written by Misha Green, um, who's a black woman. So yeah. I mean, she knows how to lean into that and to make you feel What they feel when you're just, you know, out on a deserted road and a cop car shows up. You're like, this fucking shit ain't good. I mean, Jordan Peele himself hit on that. with get out with the end of get out. Like the existential fear of like just being black in America and having a cop show up and not knowing what that's going to be like. Like even just the moment Mm -hmm. where they're really abiding by the law and this is a sundown county. And I mean, look up what sundown town were towns were if you're unfamiliar and you know, well, you're not going to make it out in 25 minutes. You got 25 minutes till sundown. You ain't going to make it out going that way. Well, what if we go North? Yeah, that might work. And then he's about to get in the car and Atticus stops and turns. And is like, is it permissible to make a U-turn? Like crossing every T and dotting every I when dealing with a, with a white police, like that stuff is all right there. And I fully respect anyone, any writer, director, screenwriter who recognizes that. And, That that's the horror. You can sprinkle as many devil dogs and tentacle monsters on it as you want, but like, that's the horror, and that's fascinating to me, and that's what is making this show, like, a must-watch for me personally.
1: Yeah. And the book came out in 2016, so not that that long ago. That recently, huh? Yeah. That was older. Um, and yeah, Uh, and I think I sent you some. Memes, well, I was telling you about while I was watching, and it was just like a fucking roller coaster.
0: <laughs> it's like literally people on the back of a bus, just like a bus that <laughs> was going down a dirt road. They're just like bouncing on the back seat, like banging their heads because, yeah, that's
1: smashing into the walls. Um, because it is. It's both this um, like jump horror of the monsters and also this crazy anxiety yeah. from just trying to make your way from one state to another like it just
0: i loved all the scenes in chicago you know of like you know black life in the 40s or 50s or whenever i guess it was 50s um and just and just you know even yeah if he was korean war if he was coming back from korea it would have been 50s maybe early 60s at the latest um and you know i I noticed it at the time, and it was shouted out on Chris and Andy when they were talking about the show, like even the scene of you know Courtney B Vance, Uncle George, and his wife in bed the first time you see them, yeah. and it spends like you know five or six minutes of them just kind of like you know hanging out in bed as they wake up, and you know Uncle George wants to wants to get a little something something and and she's like, my goodness, it is the daytime, and
1: what are you doing him
0: making his case that like yo. I never get to be home this often and it's, I want to see my wife. Like you never get, it's just just a loving adult black married couple, like who love each other. Like, Revolutionary. Wow. You like, it shouldn't be revolutionary that you never get to see people who look like that in a scene like that. But I mean, this show uses every minute of its every second of its 59 minutes. Ooh, it's an HBO show. Y'all that's why, that's why Kate and I are like, there's only two episodes. Yes. You,
1: honestly, I honestly thought there had at least been three episodes. And yes, you're right. The Korean War went from 1950 to 1953.
0: Um, and he's obviously, I mean, the, the, there are no lack of mysteries carrying on there. There's allusions to Atticus's parentage. There's um, like, are we to believe that when they were all hallucinating in the, in the manner that uncle George was dancing with Atticus's mother. Like I didn't, there may be a name yeah. there I should have caught, but that was Atticus's mother. Okay.
1: Yeah. And that's why they're like, I don't know if Atticus is your son or mine.
0: Right. And that's why.
1: And I was like,
0: Ooh. that's why and, jo- and that's Georgian, the,
1: the,
0: the I'm going to call him Omar. Cause he's always going to be Omar to me. I'm sorry. I can't help it. I'm not, be- <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he's, he's Omar. Um, Michael K. Williams, who I think is um, co- contractually mandated to be in every HBO show with a black cast at this point. I don't <laughs> – you need a black actor on HBO. I, always Michael I K. Williams. I am really
1: excited that I got to see him.
0: Oh, yeah. I I'm,
1: loved him. It's not a criticism.
0: So it's not a criticism. I love when he, okay. showed, he showed up on Community, and I was like, yes. Yes
1: um you're like yeah um he did this like little like short film about like being boxed in as an actor oh yeah and there's like oh, I, think I did see that. four different versions of him and and one of them is like has like a turtle like it's like sipping tea he's like but i'm actually really sensitive <laughs> and i'm like ah. Oh!
0: so yes there are mysteries about atticus's parentage um i assume the daughter of the big bad um who was kind of helping him a little bit. I'm sure she's still around and she's going to make a reappearance. But I mean, like we talked about decadence last week, I no idea where this show's going to go. So how where do you not going? stick? How do you not stick with it? Like,
1: I thought the wizard wizards usually come at the end. Right. That's the beginning. <laughs> right. <laughs> at least episode three, but it's episode two.
0: And I mean, I, I listened to Misha green on the Chris and Andy show. Um, she did an interview and basically acknowledged that like, you know, you could have done a full season around those first two episodes. You could have end like see episode two feels like a season finale. Like, yeah. But, and she's like, yeah, we could have stretched that out, but <laughs> we just didn't like, they felt they had enough there to go on to, to keep it moving. So really good show. Um, uh, un, uneven pacing sometimes, and some some weird character moments. But I mean, it's nothing nothing that's going to make me stop watching it. The runtime is what will make me stop watching it. <laughs> but that's just that's just me. An hour long television shows.
1: And I uh, honestly, I just think I think everyone should watch this show. It's really good. It's really good.
0: And I mean, character
1: wise, <laughs> storytelling wise, horror wise, I can watch it. Like if I can watch something. <laughs> It's supposed to be. It's that has different types of horror in it. That's that's pretty good.
0: Everybody loves having a Sunday night HBO show, like yeah. since since Game of Thrones. Everyone's loved having that Sunday night. You know, last moment of the weekend. Sit down, hop on Twitter, live tweet it, get in the get in the comments while you're watching it. Um, that sort of show. And this is this is worthy of the mantle previously held by things like Game of Thrones or Succession or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever your poison was so watch it it's on Craven Canada it's on HBO whatever if you're in other parts of the world well yes. god damn' b- beefy already <laughs> probably yeah. should probably should have talked about Lovecraft country and left it at that but we did give each other things this week we're back in format we did and we, when we come back we're gonna talk about capers <laughs> lots of capers lots of capers this week y'all get into that and we come back from this break.
1: And welcome back to the show. This is the half of the show where we talk about the things that we brought each other, which we actually did because we're back to format. Holy shit. Yay. (laughs) But first, before we get into the things that we brought each other, we have some rules. Yes. And they actually totally apply. Um, The first rule is the rule of three, which is if the thing comes in parts or episodes or, I don't know. issues. (laughs) issues. <laughs> we will consume three, three of them so that the thing has a chance to become the thing it's trying to become. Just
0: give it a chance, y'all.
1: Give it a chance.
0: Let it, let it get its footing.
1: The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. We want you guys to have hat.
0: You want hat? You want hashtag hat? You want those hot-ass takes? We want to make sure we're giving hat. it to you. We're not just going to give you a lukewarm take. It's not lat. Hat. It's not It's not luat. Hat. And for the record, officially, if you're going to tweet the emoji at me, it's a top hat. It's not a ball cap. Oh, yeah. It's the top hat emoji. It's
1: top hat, all right.
0: <laughs> I, I thought that was obvious, but some pe- apparently the ball cap comes up first when you type hat in the uh, emoji search. So, top hat.
1: That's all about, it's all about that top hat.
0: We may not Get even... Get
1: Top hat?
0: <laughs> wow. We may not even know if we watch the thing. Before we sit down in front of these mics. Because we just want all of our thoughts. All of this page of notes I have written down here. Y'all, this is the most I've written about a thing Caitlin's given me in a long-ass time. So, look forward to that in a a few minutes.
1: Oh, dear. Um, The final rule that isn't really a rule. It's more of just a policy. Is that there will be spoilers.
0: We going to spoil some shit.
1: Because we're going to spoil stuff, but it's also like... In some ways, you're kind of like, I saw that coming, yeah. especially in the thing I gave Jordan because it's older, but it also, yeah, it's just going to be spoilers, so if you don't like spoilers, I mean, very listen, kindly.
0: They're both capery type shows, so when you go yeah. into a caper show, you are already skeptical of everything that is happening, so if we say that something turns out not to be what it seems from episode three, between episode one and three... That's not really a spoiler because it's a caper show. You know, there's going to be like twists and turns and double crosses and shit like that. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: even if you see everything coming, you know whether the ride is worth it is usually like you know you you knew Danny Ocean was going to win at the end of Ocean's Eleven. Like you knew.
1: Yeah.
0: You still watched it. You still had a good time. So.
1: Unless you saw the original Ocean's Eleven, like me, <laughs> because I'm a big fucking dork. Big. And big, I was like, ooh, I wonder how this is gonna. Big fuck fucking out. dork. Anyway, um, there, it, very kindly, if you do not like spoilers, please sit yourself out. Grab some tea, grab a snack, watch. Um,
0: <laughs> Lovecraft Country. Watch Lovecraft.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, be prepared um, for a wild ride, and it will feel—it'll just stretch time. If you're worried about time going by, just watch two episodes, yeah. and it'll feel like. Listen,
0: we'll have a new episode up by then, by the time you finish, and we'll probably... (laughs) (sighs)
1: Anyways, so to get started, we like to alternate who talks about what, and this week we will have Jordan, since he gave me the thing first, and then I gave him the thing because the thing he gave me, we'll talk about the thing that he brought me.
0: So, I, I don't even think I knew about this show, it dropped really recently on the netflix um but i think this is one of those things where it just hit uh global netflix yeah boy did it it's been out for a couple months um globally since like june but just dropped on netflix worldwide august 20th and this was brought to me in casual conversation with the number one geek geekdown fa- uh, fan kira who was like you may dig this and i'm like let me check that out and Initially, I was like, man, I really dig this. And then I gave it to Kate. And then I watched some more and said, I don't know if I dig this enough. But we'll get into that. (laughs) The show is Great Pretender. It is a Japanese anime from Studio Wit. You know Studio Wit. You love Studio Wit. They did Attack on Titan. They did Cabinary of the Iron Fortress. They did Vinland Saga. You know them. You love them. They are well regarded for quality. And this show is also gorgeous to look at. Listen, those opening credits strong Lupin vibes yeah. and I was like I am all the fuck in mm-hmm. on this when I saw those opening credits and even the opening sequence it does not look like a standard anime it's very colorful it's very sort of impressionistic with the backgrounds and things like that and the colors that are used um, character design is by Yoshiyuki Yoshiuki Satamoto who for my generation is like one of the marquee character designers most notably he did Evangelion um, series premiere July 8th on Fuji TV's Bruce Ultra anime programming block. Produced by Wit Studio, directed by Hiro Kawaragi, and written by Ryota Ryota Kosawa. The synopsis is as follows. A series of unfortunate events has led Makoto Edamame, Edamura to adapt the life of crime, pickpocketing and scamming others for a living. However, after swindling a seemingly clueless tourist, Makoto discovers he was the one tricked, and to make matters worse, the police are now after him. While making his escape, he runs into the tourist again, who turns out to be a fellow con man named Laurent Thierry, and ends up following him to Los Angeles in an attempt to defend his self-proclaimed title as Japan's greatest swindler. Makoto challenges his rival to determine the better scammer. Accepting the competition, Laurent drops them off outside a huge mansion and claims their target will be the biggest mafia boss on the West Coast. Jumping from city to city, Great Pretender follows the endeavors of Makoto alongside the cunning Laurent and his colorful associates in the world of international high-stakes fraud. Soon Makoto realizes that he got more than what he bargained for as his self-declared skills are continually put to the test. So this show is organized around, you know, cons jobs. Yep. It's not a traditional season. The first one is LA uh, the or Los Angeles connection, which runs for five episodes. I think I have seen all of that one. Uh, it and it, it
1: th- is. I have, I have it at the Wikipedia it's, it's runs for five
0: and then it goes to Singapore. And then there's another one set in London. Um, that is not going to be all of it. I believe when they announced this show, they said they wanted to do five cases, um, so there will be a second season. Um
1: I can tell you what the what this the other season uh, is.
0: Sure, girl, go ahead.
1: Wizard of Far East.
0: Wizard of Far East. That sounds vaguely racist. Um <laughs> But to its credit, I don't think it will be. It might sound racist. But the show actually tries. I mean, I grade on a curve, but I mean it tries. To be diverse mm-hmm. and to have some diversity in it, Laurence second um what's her name Abby abigail yes, Abby um bang be very be very surly tomboyish Abby um is, abigail
1: Jones, yeah,
0: is some variety of melanin person um I can't speak to which one, but I mean you know is. Um, a bodyguard from the first LA con job is, uh, Latin might be, might be Mexican. They might say he's actually Mexican. So like I said, when I started in watching the show, I was like, holy shit, I'm all in on this. First thing you see dude is like hanging upside down from the Hollywood sign and screaming. And then you get into the opening credits and it's like super rubbery silhouettes and like like, (laughs) jazz jazz (laughs) music and silhouettes and, and very high loop in the third type thing. And then I keep watching and I'm, I'm torn at something that continually goes along and I will then leave it to you. Once I say this, and you can tell me if I just don't understand caper shit. Yeah. Makoto as our POV, I can't deal with the POV being totally in the dark and completely oblivious and everyone around him being smarter than him. Right. Especially if I know nothing about Laurent they give nothing
1: they what okay so i find the best thing in a caper is having you don't you shouldn't know what's going on exactly like if you watch a lot of capers you might be like oh yeah i can see them doing this or again the show i gave you it it's trying it's sort of like a soft version of a caper <laughs> um but you should have an idea that the person or the people that you are watching have tricks up their sleeves like if you watch ocean's 11 right you have an idea that there's more going on and danny ocean is more than what he just appears to be but also
0: um sorry you you brought up danny ocean and this is when I was thinking about the show last night this is what I was this is what I came to like danny ocean also loses a couple times like you see him lose yeah. You never see Laurent is always, always, irritatingly.
1: Yeah.
0: One step ahead of everyone, It has everything plotted out. And I think that's supposed to make him like you know endearing and roguish, but it just it just makes him annoying yeah. to me. Like. Hmm. I don't know how you. I don't know how you felt about it. Maybe you were cool with it, and I just don't understand um, capers. But
1: I. I hated his character.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm so Same sorry. Page. I
1: so. Probably because I'm having, like, PTSD from the Pink Panther
0: movies. (laughs) Okay.
1: Because uh, I can't remember which one it is, but there's a thief. So, basically, I think it's probably... Sorry, Sellers or Steve Martin? (laughs) Uh, Sellers, because, again, I'm a big fucking dork. I don't even (laughs) think I watched the Steve Martin one. But... Basically, in the most famous Pink Panther movie, the Sellers character, who is a police officer who's trying to investigate, gets framed as the Pink Panther, and it's fine because in the end he's happy with the fame, I guess. But the guy who gets away with it is, you know, he frames Sellers, and he's always on top of everything. And Sellers is very—I mean—the whole point of Sellers is, you know, bumbling and whatnot. Um. Inspector Clouseau, I believe. Um but that to me is very fresh. It's like watching Columbo and Columbo doesn't win, right? Like Stop. that is very frustrating for me. Um so and he has that vibe of just like that smarmy Frenchness um that somehow Lupin doesn't have. I don't I don't know why. Anyways, so I didn't like his character. Um I think it was think- nice that in the second episode, you get to learn more about Makoto, Edamora. I, I really just want to call him Edamame. Just, I mean, um, everybody
0: calls him that. It's fine.
1: Yeah. Um, and, you know, how how someone ends up in that position, and I think that's a reality of, of part of the situation. Um, you know, just trying to help his mom and thinks he's doing a good thing and then gets caught up in the middle of... Something much bigger and not being believed and sort of your only recourse is to be a bit of a con man. Um I liked I think it was the second episode where he he actually does strike up the deal for twice as much. Mm. Um, by the third episode things you feel like things are just like getting out of hand. And I don't like that. I like to know that there's like I mean, maybe this is where that where you think things are going wrong, which happens in should happen in every caper movie or show. There's a point where you're like, ah, that's going wrong, and either they turn it around or they planned it out from the beginning. And I just, I, I'm sure that's the way it's going to work out in the next couple episodes, but I don't feel that in the third episode, and I don't, I don't like it.
0: So basically, yeah, the the whole hook of the of the LA case is they're faking that they're you know drug kingpins and they're approaching this like Hollywood producer slash Hollywood mafia Don type saying that they have this drug Sakura magic, and Makoto is, you know, faking as the doctor, the Japanese doctor who invented it. And yeah, so I guess you would have seen up to the point where he's like, I can't make it here. And so now it's like, they're building an entire like Walter White, like meth lab <laughs> in. Yeah. To like have him, you know, make this shit. And it's like, Laurent remains completely unbothered all the time. Sure, that's fine. Yeah. We'll do that. Um, that's really annoying. And you brought up a good point about, I think, why Laurent is so irritating is because you do get such a full picture of Makoto. And I'm sure you can't go however many episodes without giving us anything on Laurent. But, like, five episodes, I'm, like, six episodes in, still nothing. And he's still putting one over mm-hmm. on Makoto and still always knows everything he's going to do and does, you know, fucks him over somehow. Like, you know, it's always... That's really irritating because they've done a really good job at painting Makoto fully. You get the full, you know, you got a little bit of his story. By episode five, you kind of know his whole jam and what happened with his father and and yeah. how even more that hurt him based on, you know, the type of childhood he had. Like, you get full pictures of that. So, you really like Makoto. And maybe this is the point. Maybe they wanted that. Maybe they didn't expect it to grade on viewers as much as it did you and me. but. Yeah, you come to really like Makoto, and, and Laurent is just like fuck you. Like,
1: <laughs> but there's also this thing where like they totally framed him to get him to work for him. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I was on a lot of drugs because
0: <laughs> <laughs> because it cause cause I was it was, it was from jump. It was from jump from the like moment he's like it, he start when you meet him, he's on this low key scam selling water filters. Yeah, um, and and they
1: were like surprise. The lady was in on it, too.
0: The lady was in on it, too. All the cops that, like, quote, arrested him were all in on it. Like, basically, Laurent had him marked from the beginning and then posed as a, like, you know, feckless tourist to, like, yeah, get pickpocketed and bring him, bring him in on this stuff. Uh, did, like, the scenes early on where they're speaking in English and then at low point, <laughs> at one point, hey. just this block of text comes up. It's like, we're just going to translate everything to Japanese now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they still poke fun. In Japanese, they talk about his English accent. Um, yeah. You also brought up how you Lupin doesn't seem to have that, and the thoughts just came to me, and I made sure to write it down. You're like, you know, Lupin has that, like, always ahead of it, always knows everything, but he also cares about his crew. Yeah. And you feel that, like, you feel the camaraderie mm-hmm. between him and Jigen, or the, like, you know, to varying degrees, sometimes it's creepy and rapey, most times it's, like roguishly flirtatious really kind of competition he has with Fujiko. Like you get that from Lupin, especially like the Miyazaki and quote softened versions that came in the eighties. Laurent just exists to constantly fuck Makoto over and be one step ahead of everyone. And it's not charming because I don't know anything about him. And it pushes the, it pushes my suspension of disbelief a little too far. I can't just roll with it.
1: My thing was when it was like, oh, he's he's marked you and he set this whole thing up, and I was like, that seems a little excessive, <laughs> right? Like I was like, it probably could have just asked him. Like I, just, I was like, so you set up a whole like water filtration scam? Like my, I just my I
0: dude didn't have a whole lot there. going on. And yeah, if you asked him if you wanted to like go to L.A. for nothing and wear a nice suit and try and con a kind of mob boss, like.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> I felt like that was a little a little weird. Again, it, it felt like it was in service of Laurent, not to the story. Mm. Um And that can be a problem. Like, if you're really trying to push how great a main character is, you've got to have other bits and pieces. Um, so the Lupin I'm talking about is, like, this 90s, 20, 90s show that was set in, like, the 1920s. Um, that originally was in French. She showed it on YTV. Um, yeah, it would have been
0: based on the, like, original novels that Monkey Punch was riffing on for Lupin the Third.
1: Yeah, uh, Arsène Lupin. That's what it was called. Um, and I loved this show because I love the setting and everything, but that Lupin as well has, like, he he is a gentleman thief. He's a Robin Hood, right? He is stealing things to... And you know he has a background, but he does care about people there's this uh, reporter named Kincaid that he cares about, and her brother, and he he has like this good relationship with his driver. Anyways, it, it's just like a fun thing, and you get bits and pieces about him, and that is, I think is very important, like you're saying, to to not just have this character be this instead of a gentleman thief, be like a dick thief, <laughs> like I just. <laughs> That part, that even gentleman like,
0: part is very important. Like, yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah, there's a lot of thief, and but not a lot of gentleman, despite how he's presenting himself. I mean, there's a conversation, right. I don't know if it was in episodes you saw, where Makoto and Abby are basically, Makoto says to Abby, like, you know, he's going to fuck you over, too. Like, right. and she's like, I know. And just, you know, every, everybody's got to look out for themselves. Now, is it, is, that, is it just playing a role? And what's their story? And, like, you got to give me something with him, yeah. other than just constantly, like, popping in. To be like, because Makoto's the POV, so you spend more time with him. And then occasionally it's like, something's gone wrong. Don't worry, Laurent got it figured out. Poof, here I am. Ha ha. It was me, Laurent.
1: The whole time. I Anyway, so yeah. So uh, there are some things that are good, some things that are not. Um Some of the animation's fantastic. There's like a weird car chase scene. Um
0: Oh, right, when they're running okay. from the cops, but not the cops.
1: Um uh. yeah. Um...
0: It does some yeah, it does some things really good, but you want me to care about Laurent so much and think he's so cool, and I don't.
1: Yeah.
0: And maybe that's my insecurities, because I wish I was that cool, but I don't think Kate gives a fuck about that shit, and she can't stand him either, so... No. <laughs> so it's, it's tough, I mean, it's sitting right there on Netflix, so, you know, it's there. All of it's there, I'll need something to watch in between episodes of Decadent, so I'm probably gonna stick with it, but... Like I said, going flipping to decadence after watching this, I was like, "Oh, this oh, is this oh. is what good is. <laughs> yeah. That's what okay is. This is what good is." So, it's definitely worth a watch. I feel just because it is. And if
1: you like, if you like capers, for sure. Yeah. Um, and, and listen, and- it's it's an anime
0: not doing normal anime stuff. Decadence is great, but it's yeah. doing a lot of anime type stuff. This is not. Mm. The type of anime you really see a lot of, so I mean, it's it definitely gets a salute for that.
1: Uh, oh, kick punches! Yeah, um, I'm gonna say like six. Okay, that's fine.
0: <laughs> that's fine. It wasn't great, but it was fine. <laughs>
1: We haven't had, we haven't had, it was great.
0: Did I make you self-conscious about it? it was great. I feel like we haven't had have
1: one No, no, I just, I haven't. Well, I could tell you that I think that some of the fight scenes in Decadence are great. <laughs> like the one, I think it was episode four. Episode four?
0: Oh, in, was? The tu- in the tunnels?
1: Yeah. She just like fucking rocks that shit. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. It was
0: really good. Also, we <laughs> spend half, half the pretender segment talking about decadence, <laughs> yeah. definitely that scene. Definitely that scene when badass chick notices the boss and turns into a squealing fangirl. I like. I loved. I lost my shit for that. I thought that was such yeah. a such a nice touch. Anyway, watch decadence. Um, <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Um. So,
1: because I was trying to think, so. Jordan had made a comment during opportune June that I like just give him movies all the time. <clears throat> and part of that is because a lot of shows I watch are hour longs and it's hard to fit in three hours of television that maybe you don't love into your schedule. Um, So, but I was determined to give him a couple more TV shows, at least this, this year doing the pod. And when he gave me, he gave me great pretender and said it was, Capery. I actually, like, I struggled because I there was all these movies I wanted to give him. Um, there's some stuff from the 60s. I was like, oh, this would be good. And I was like, no, 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 try and find a TV show. And I was racking my brain. And then I was like, of course, Leverage. Now, I got to tell you about Leverage. Um, <laughs> tell us about Leverage. leverage is, well, I'll tell you about Leverage. Leverage is old by TV standards. Um, I believe It premiered in 2008. Um, it's also gone, it went on for quite a while, um, and it's actually getting a revival, it, a revival it, of the is happening. It is, y'all. Sorry?
0: I said, it is, y'all. 2020, is. they're working on yeah. it now.
1: Yeah, uh, right now. Um, but I actually, it feels like a show I would have watched in 2008, because I definitely would have. And I remember friends telling me about the show for ages. I didn't watch it until this year, <laughs> um, and I have to. You have to keep in mind when you're watching it. You'd be like, "This is from 2008," and like their <laughs> pilot is like a real pilot. Ooh. You know, when they're Ooh. like testing things out in the Ooh. pilot.
0: <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, jumping.
1: Real, a real pilot. They don't really have pilots anymore. Like there was no pilot of Lovecraft Country. Like. They just... They knew what they were doing. It's like a movie. There's no pilot for The I mean, Mandalorian. They
0: had a pilot, but they knew the whole story going in. They knew what they were trying to do. Yeah, they weren't...
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, it's not like how it used to be, where they were, like, working things out. It doesn't feel like a like, pitch.
0: It doesn't feel like a pitch for the show. It doesn't feel like you made the yeah. pilot to try and sell anybody on anything.
1: Yeah, whereas this is very much still in that realm of, like, trying to sell the show. Yeah. Um, anyways, so... It is, I'm just going uh, to go through the plot on Wikipedia. Um, Nathan, Nate Ford, is a former insurance investigator and the leader of a team staging elaborate cons against wealthy and powerful individuals on behalf of clients who have been wronged by them. The team comes together when, okay, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the point is, it's basically a team of like five thieves. You know, you've got the thief the, Thief, who also does acrobatics, you've got the actor, you've got the tech guy, you've got the strong arm, and you have Nate Ford, who's planning these cons. Um, it's basically just like a feel-good Robin Hood story every episode. You have some person, like one, I think the second episode is like a veteran um, yes. is is wrong. is wronged, the injured so by one a is private like a,
0: militia. <laughs> one of these like, yeah,
1: you know, like dark water types. And the story is The stories are, I'm just going to say it, they're silly and ridiculous, but it's very feel good. (laughs) And it's got some like, and again, like the technology, we know technology these days. It ages really quickly.
0: Stop saying Um, everything I have in my notes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to, because I know these things, but what I really like about Leverage is that it's fun and the capers can be really fun and silly. And I like... A lot of the dialogue like I think it's really like snappy and funny um but anyways sorry so that is the setup for these episodes I kind of had an idea of what Jordan would think but sometimes I never know like sometimes he's just like actually this thing so we'll see um I think that uh Aldis Hodge um he plays Alec Hardison uh he's the hacker so oh they have the like They have literally names. So Nate is the mastermind. Um, I thought he was the the black king. Yes, the black king. The hacker, the hitter, and the thief. Those are their like archetypes. Um, Anyways, so all that being said, Jordan, what did you think?
0: Yeah, and I've told Kate this. She has a skill for finding television shows that I did not no existed. I had mm-hmm. no idea this show even existed, let alone that it went for five seasons Yeah, and is getting rebooted or reunion. Yeah. So Kate brought up a lot of, Kate basically already said what my takes on the show, will <laughs> admitted <laughs> for herself, what my takes on the show will be, because I have written down here with multiple O's and Y's, goofy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
0: This is a goofy-ass show that you probably shouldn't think about too hard. And when I let that go, when I put Critical Eye down and stopped <laughs> and just kind of settled into the goofiness, because I think the show knows it's goofy, which helps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. That horse episode, they definitely know it's goofy. Um, yeah. And if you stop thinking about it very hard, you know what it reminded me of? I was trying to think. Initially, I had written down that it really feels like a like a Saturday night CBS-type show. Like those shows that go for like, like NCIS, like yeah. one of those shows that go for like nine seasons, but you, if you're not yeah. 60, you never knew they existed. Uh. Yeah.
1: Or Caitlin. <laughs> or <Yeah>. Caitlin.
0: <laughs> That's what it felt like. And then I was like, no, it's not Saturday night CBS. It's Saturday afternoon syndication. You know what it reminds me of? You remember when they gave Pamela Anderson a show? Cause she was hot.
1: No, it, I do not. It was
0: like, you're really hot on Baywatch. So we're going to give you a show and we're going to call it VIP. And it's going to run for like nine years. In the late 90s really? and early aughts. And it's going to be like a private investigator firm type of thing. And you're going to have a crew. <laughs> and I was like, that's what it. This is VIP. Okay. Kate's, okay, like, I Kate's like, I'm, you, on, I'm on board. I,
1: I, I see VIP. I raise you Relic Hunter. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, sure. Or Warehouse. That dude who plays the villain in the first episode was on Warehouse 50 whatever. Like. Yeah. Now these are more sci-fi versions of that. But like, you know, shows that just kind of like. Stations that didn't have a proper network and needed programming on a Saturday afternoon would like buy these shows that were made for them. You know, they just aired mm-hmm. Hercules and Xena were those type of shows, right? They just aired on oh. weird channels on a Saturday afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. And that's what this show is, and it is goofy. And like Kate said, the technology is a rough hang. My personal favorite—I had a new favorite every episode. <laughs> um, first, I was just writing that, like you know, the second you see like. And this is just a greater point, just, like, how much cell phones have doomed entertainment. Because the second yeah. you see somebody pull out, like, a fucking Palm Pilot or a BlackBerry or, like, a flip phone, you're, like, you are immediately in amber. Like, there's no. <laughs> it, and it can be jarring when we're all walking around with fucking, you know, supercomputers in our pockets.
1: Pit um... boys. boys. <laughs>
0: But it was the uh it was the like brilliant ten eighty p four K video streaming between flip phones in the third episode that <laughs> I was like, that's come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> oh, Jason Bourne is riding a horse down the freeway. Look at this, Timothy Huddy. <laughs> I have my flip phone. So, who is that guy, and where did he come from, and why does he feel that this is his his necessary move? Like, I had to turn the volume up to like 40 every time that dude spoke. Also, he needs a haircut. Uh,
1: It's really funny because senior correspondent Chris hadn't. I I rewatched it, mm. um, and he came. I was like, hey, do you want to watch like a fourth episode of this with me? Fourth? (laughs) And he was like, yeah, I know. I had watched three, and we were trying to figure out things to watch, and I was like, this this thing. Amazon
0: Prime, just just let it roll through.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is what I do with Schmidt. and he was like, as soon as that guy spoke, he was like, "Ugh, <laughs> <I> was <laughs> just like, what is wrong with his voice?" Yep.
0: Um, what would you say is that his name? Is that the actor's name or his name? Aldis Hodge. I don't
1: know. I don't know their names. I just think of them as the characters. Listen, whoever uh, oh, that actor A- is, no, Aldis Hodge is the Aldis Hodge is the actor. The character's name is Alec Cardison. Okay. Um, the guy. Okay. The guy who plays the deep voice guy, Elliot Spencer, his actual name is Christian Kane. In the show? No, no, as an actor.
0: That's the actor's name? Yeah. She was Len his real name. Um, the guy playing the hacker is legit funny. He bounces a little close to Shuckin' and Jiven, and maybe that's, you know, 2020 awareness of how people of color are, are how BIPOCs are, you know, represented. Yeah. Um, It's a little, get me a little side eye, but he's also pretty funny and is like clearly enjoying himself on this goofy ass show. Um,
1: Yes. My story during the second episode when he's like, I took time to prepare these notes. Uh, (laughs) You could not talk while I give my presentation. That was very funny.
0: Um, And so Kate mentioned the like pilotitis that this show kind of suffers from. Oh yeah. (laughs) And this is the thing when you let go of expecting it to be better than just okay. And fun, there is enjoyment. i listen. I was alone in my apartment and when they were having their, okay, so they've done their one job and now they're realizing like, we can use our skills to like help people and take down bad corporations. And they like, you know, allude to where the show is going forward. And now they're all in suits and they're meeting with these, you know, random people who never turn up again. (laughs) And you know, some company killed our son type of thing. And Timothy Hutton gives his speech about like, you know, his company's, always stomp on people like you put put all their weight on you. And what we offer is and I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it, Timothy Hunt. (laughs) We offer leverage. And I legitimately in my house out loud went. (laughs) It's like you fucking button the pilot with the name of the show. God damn it. Um but that's what that's what it is. And I almost I enjoyed it for that fact. Is it Am I going to go back to it? Honestly, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> because there's something comforting in. I heard this discussion about movies recently. Somebody was talking about *An American Pickle*, which I mean, speaking of things I will never see in my life. Um, yeah. And just how how that was supposed to be a theatrical release and went to HBO Max after after COVID, and <laughs> they were kind of like. I think it was Andy on Chris and Andy. were like, like, word. This was going to go in a theater because it's the sort of what he called a medium movie. That like, it's the thing we talk about all the time. Those movies aren't made anymore. Every movie that comes out now has to be fucking Christopher Nolan turning a city inside out, or like you know, a planet falling on something. <laughs> like you know, that's what that's what a movie has to be now. Um, everything else goes. To, it seems to be going to streaming. This is a medium TV show.
1: Oh. Oh, yeah. Like I said, this <laughs> yeah, this, is. this is a... This is, this is the La Femme Nikita.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yes. This is Timothy yeah. Hutton, one guy who you kind of know. Yeah, I'm seeing his name a lot, but, I mean, you might know him to see him. Might. Might know him to see him. Yeah. No one else on this show is recognizable, and I don't recognize him from anything subsequently. Maybe maybe Sophie Devereaux. Oh, my God, that's such a soap, soap opera name. Um,
1: I know. Love it.
0: Also, she she's she kind of fine. She's kind of fine. Yeah, she is. I'm into her. Um,
1: she's great with accents. Her South African, oof.
0: And does very well. I mean, the whole thing is like, you know, they make the joke. They go to see her. She's supposed to be like, you know, the, the, she works with the marks, right? She always plays the, like, figure that has to move them along type of thing. Yeah. And they go see her in some community play. And she's terrible. And she plays a terrible actress really well. Yep. There's a scene in the second episode where she's at, like, a soap commercial, and she's giving this, like, huge thing, and they're like, you know this is for, like, a shampoo commercial, right? And then she gets the call about another job, and she's like, Piggy murdered her first husband. And then, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. walks out. Uh, funny joke. Maybe, maybe go, you know, like, yeah. this is a medium TV show, and they don't make TV shows like that anymore. So there was a real kind of, like, nostalgia and comfort for me remembering, like, Saturday afternoons looking for something to watch. And just these being the only thing available, and being like these are all garbage, and I didn't want to watch any of them. But now that I have one in front of me, I'm like, this is gonna come. Um, yeah. So and like every time they bring in somebody new, it's like worse than before. Like also, insurance adjusters as like you know the Superman of the world. Like when his rival shows up and he's like budget no name Joe Letrulio, like giving his smarmy laugh about like, I'm going to get you. I'm not going to be so nice next time. <laughs> Timothy Hutton's like, neither will I. Ba-da-da, ba-da-da. Leverage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, so good.
0: Um, <laughs> Sorry. One point. The third episode is super ridiculous because it's about racehorses <laughs> and about some I, go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, I just, I think it's a really important fact that people who take care of horses, like they are, intelligent animals. They do scream when. Okay. It was, yeah. it was
0: very tragic. Got the horses burned, but apparently there's some sort of, I guess horses get chipped and there's some sort of like scanner that they use yeah. to like identify the horses. Cause that's how they're, that's the big scam. They keep switching the horses around. And you're like smarmy wall street guy who thinks that race horses are going to be the new, like, you know, stocks and bonds. And he's trying to get this like conglomerate to invest like a hundred million dollars in horse racing. At yeah. one point, he's trying to be smooth to like Sophie Devereux and he scans a horse, and he has this giant fucking horse scanner, and he puts it in his inside lapel pocket. Damn, son. Yeah,
1: it's amazing. <laughs> it's, what I actually... it's
0: bulging in his fucking suit jacket, and I'm like, this is, that's this show. That's all you need to know about this show right there. The director was like, it's fine.
1: <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah, basically. we, we, we yeah, got to get to page find... 50 by 6. What I find fascinating... Is that they keep on finding the worst smarmy actors?
0: it's, like, pretty, it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good tear. That fucking like slab of man meat, marine, you know, blackwater guy they had in uh yeah, in episode, in episode two, um, yeah. from the private army. Like he was like straight out of central casting. It was it was like they got a good casting agent.
1: Yeah. I just, I just, I'm always amazed that they can find another, like, smarmy villain. I'm <laughs> like, is there, like, just a roster of smarmy villains?
0: Oh, I'm sure. This is amazing. I'm sure there's a folder on a MacBook somewhere that's just, like, smarm. It's, and it's just villains. all these headshots. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a better time with it than I was expecting. It was really weird to go through three episodes and feel myself going from, what is this garbage? To why am I enjoying this so much? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's garbage. This is, this is bad. And I know it's bad, but I'm still just kind of enjoying myself <laughs> and I can see how it, now I can see how it went for five seasons. the show obviously found an audience. It was on TNT. Yeah. Apparently I think I read. So yes, that's, a, that's a perfect network for it be on, for it to be on. It's like how, you know, psych or whatever was on USA for like nine seasons. Um, Same type of show. Just shows that, like, we're out there and found an audience and we're okay. It's a medium show. It gets a medium six. Like, it's just, it is what it is. And the second I let go, and maybe it's new. Maybe, you know, pandemic life has just made me softer. And I'm I'm just like, (laughs) it was great. Like, it wasn't great. It it wasn't great. It was good. Like, (laughs) am I ever going to go back to it? I don't know. But just, I was really struck by that memory of, you know, Saturday morning when I was still living at home in Amherstburg and you know, there's fucking nothing to do but watch TV. And it was either, you know, three hours of Simpsons reruns on global or just one of these shows that you found randomly on like a Detroit station. Like
1: God, nothing to do on a day. (laughs) What, what was that? like? What
0: does that feel like? (sighs) I had one of those days. I went over on my internet bandwidth. Remember that? (laughs) Oh yeah. Simpsons seasons. Uh, this is on Amazon prime. If you want to enjoy some goofiness in your life, um, I had no idea it was there. I had no idea it ever existed. My girl Kate knew, though.
1: So you yeah, I did. I have to uh, mention that um, there is a South Korean version of the show.
0: I'm sorry. What? What?
1: Yep, they made a South Korean remake. Where's of that? the show?
0: Immediately. I, I don't know. It. I want it now. Give it to me now. I want um, it.
1: And, Caitlin, it's a going to be worse.
0: <laughs> there, <laughs> what?
1: Yeah, there's a Leverage board game. There's also tie-in novels.
0: They had merch.
1: <laughs> yeah, there are three Thai novels. Le- Anyways, that's all I have to tell Leverage you. Leverage
0: had merch. It's a seven now. If if Leverage had fucking merch and a Korean spinoff, you're just getting a seven on principle.
1: Yeah, yeah. There we go. Le- we don't we day. don't
0: have merch, but Leverage had merch. Friends, we gotta we gotta get on these hat totes. We gotta get on these.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we can be a seven one day.
0: So we so we can be a medium seven one day. Your favorite medium <laughs> podcast, the geek down. Well, friends, if you want to thank Caitlin, like I'm thinking Caitlin for bringing this ridiculous, goofy ass show into your, into your lives. Uh, you can do that through social medias, primarily Twitter at geek down pod or Facebook, whatever. It'd be like screaming into a void. Maybe we'll see it. Maybe we won't. You'll never know. You'll never know. And Hey, the risk can be exciting. Friends. We are back in format. If you have any suggestions for things you want us to check out, let us know that too. We're always, always open to checking out things. Caitlin apparently has a large backlog of things that she's been itching to give me. So I look forward to that. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, uh, find us on social media. Look forward to, we have a YouTube as well, which never gets mentioned because we rarely use it. But when I uh, break down all the records I bought, if you want a super geek down, you can find that youtube.com slash geek down pod. One of those will be coming probably in the next couple weeks. (laughs) Woo good Ooh. times getting into Cor- getting into Korean <laughs> shit now yo we vent we ventured off of Japan we're on to Korea now and yeah thank you so much for joining us friends every week it truly means the world to us my name is Jordan Ferguson
1: my name is Caitlin McKinnon the theme song is by Rob Gasser and I hope you will join us next week for another amazing seven of an episode of the podcast
0: You know what it is? You know what it is? It's that you know those videos of like those little tiny rails that go through like Scandinavian hills and they always like film them. Like you sit on a little cart and you go down these yeah. rails. Yeah, it's like that, but then just imagine it like, you know, takes a corner a little too fast and flies off into a fjord. That's that's what my brain is like when I'm on a roll, and I'm trying to keep it on the track. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you just fly down fjord. Just down
0: the fjord. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh poor little gunter like, oh no. it's my cottage <laughs> why is that it's, just, it's just, towards my cottage
0: it's just lederhosen everywhere is that german <laughs> they don't wear that in sweden i don't know anything about europe uh,
1: germans wear lederhosen
0: germans do do the swedes do
1: Oh, I'm sure they all were. <laughs> all like, you fuckers were really You're Randomly racist towards.
0: <laughs> You're white, and there's no homelessness, and everybody gets college for free. You're fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'll be fine, Scandinavia. <laughs>